0: This is Andy for for Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I'm delighted to be joined by the thrill, Jordan Girl over Zoom. Jordan, first and foremost, how are you doing? I'm good,
1: mate. Thank you very much. How are you?
0: I'm good, mate. Obviously, it's good to hear you're doing well yourself. Obviously, it's fight week now. This must have felt like a long time coming for yourself. Obviously, you're back in the last year since you've been back, since you was last time. How does it feel to know that you're only a matter of days away now from being able to get back into the ring?
1: Oh, it's a good feeling. It's Like you said, it's been a long time coming. Uh, These weeks have gone slow and, you know, you've just been training and training and training. I feel like you're training for nothing because, you know, fight never comes around. But we're finally here. We can can see the finish line. And as long as we both pass our COVID tests and uh, manage to quarantine safely, then we're going to be fighting on Saturday night.
0: Obviously, you know everybody knows you had you know some health problems over, over the past year or so. Coming through the other side of that though um, now, but when you was going through it all, how did you kind of find staying strong mentally, knowing that the better times would come and you would obviously be able to get back into the position you're in now, knowing fight night is only a matter of five days away? Um, just
1: believing in in the process, just knowing that. I'm good enough to do it. Uh, I'm good enough to make it and, you know, having that self-belief and just, I think I'm just stubborn because everybody, most people probably would have given up uh, if they had to go through the stuff I had to go through and, you know, so many hoops to jump over and so many, like, hurdles in the way but, you know, I'm just stubborn and, and I'll, I'll not finish until I have to and... uh this this has uh, been a long time coming, and I'm looking forward to fighting. And uh, you know, when we get my hand raised on Saturday, it's going to be even sweeter. All the struggles that we've gone through.
0: Jordan, before we come off, obviously come on to Saturday. Just talk to me about lockdown. Though, how did you find it? Knowing that you'd obviously just got back into the gym before it, and then all of a sudden you go into lockdown, and you got to wait another four or five months until you get your chance to get back in the ring.
1: Yeah, it was a bit of a nightmare because, um, especially for me, because the week that we got locked down that was meant to be fine. so you know it'd been a long time leading up to that fight for me so that felt like it was never going to come around and then that show got cancelled the week of the fight and uh, it was just getting so you know I collected my thoughts I had to find uh, some energy from somewhere and uh, you know I got back training I had probably a week where I felt sorry for myself and uh, I was just back training and, and looking forward to a new date because, like I said, I it always knew it was going to be three, four, maybe five months before I was boxing. But where at the start of lockdown, Dave said, OK, your fight's cancelled. It's not good. Um, but you can use this time to better yourself and close the gap on people ahead of you and um, further the gap on people behind you. And I think that's what we did because, you know, I worked so hard during lockdown. I treated it as though it was a training camp. I was at home uh, with my family. Uh, which was nice for me because, you know, it's the longest time that I've spent at home since in my whole adult life because I took myself away from home to turn professional in Sheffield at the age of 17. Um, and, you know, I've not been, been at home this long for, for a long time. So I was at home, I was training with my dad. My dad was a amateur coach, so he was holding the pads and um, was was working a lot um, with FaceTime with Dave three times a week, didn't miss a session. Uh my strength conditioning coach was brilliant, Danny Wilson from Boxing Science. Um he was on the FaceTime twice a week for strength sessions and then again for you know conditioning sessions as well. So I couldn't ask for a better camp. Um all things considered being at home. Um, you know, my nutritionist Scott Robinson, he's been on it, he's been brilliant the whole way through. Everything I've needed is he's, he's covered and um I've got myself in good shape. I've been back uh working with Dave for weeks and weeks now. And um, you know, seeing the improvements of, of being dedicated during during lockdown.
0: Jordan, let's obviously move on to you know, fight week. Now we're here. Just first and foremost, so talk to me about your understanding of how this week will play out for yourself, from when you arrive at fight camp and until you're allowed to leave. How do you expect the week to play out, and what you can and can't do?
1: I think what you can do, what you can bank on, is me sitting in my bedroom watching a lot of Netflix. <laughs> it's going to be very strange. Uh, Different to a normal fight week, but you know at the same time you can never expect things to go your way or, or this way or that way. You just gotta turn up and roll the punches. So tomorrow, um, we'll be going down to Brentwood. I'll be arriving at the uh, fight camp hotel. Um, on arrival, get all the bags out of the car and um, get tested on site. So we we'll could be tested and then be given our room key. We'll have to go straight to our room, quarantine for twelve to eighteen hours um until we get our clear test. If we get a negative test then we can stay. Um if we test positive then we have to leave immediately. Um but obviously I'm hoping I'm banking that we all get a clear test. Um, I've been having tests um during training um to make sure that it's safe for me to spar and, and you know turn up to the gym. Um so you know all my tests have been clear. I'm good to go. And um from that point I think uh Wednesday, we have a media day where I think we do all the um, TV shots for Matrium and and, and Sky Sports, so we'll do that. Press conference on Thursday, and then uh, weigh in on Friday, um, eat a little bit of food, and then we have a scrap on
0: Saturday. Let's um let's get into the fight with Reese and just talk to me about for how long have you kind of known before the fight was announced? That is how long did you know about the potential bout with Reese and, you know, Eddie made a big point that he wants to put on fifty fifty fights throughout fight camps for boxing's return. Is that how you see your your matchup with Reese Bellotti on on Saturday night, or do you still obviously I know you're going to favour yourself, but do you think it's not necessarily a fifty fifty?
1: Um, I think it depends. I think. It depends on what Jordan Gill turns up. If it's Jordan Gill that box uh, Tanoka and lost, then it's a 50-50 fight. Um, but you know, I know that's not me, and I know that um, I'm going to turn up in in the best uh, shape and best fashion possible, uh, best passion, uh, best uh, shape of my career. So. I don't think it's a 50-50 fight and I think I'll prove that on Saturday night. But, you know, on paper, then probably, yeah, from an outsider's point of view, from even boxing fans' point of view, I think, yeah, it's a 50-50 fight. He's a it's a good, solid, domestic-level fighter. And um, I believe that I'm above that level and I believe that I'll prove it on Saturday. So, before the um, before they announced it, I didn't actually know 100% that it was on for, for a long time. But I remember, when was it? It would have been probably June when Dave rang me, uh, maybe in the middle of June, uh, and Dave said, you know, Eddie's been on the phone. He said that uh, they're doing shows in the garden, um, in Matchroom Square Garden. They're going to put these shows on behind closed doors. And because uh, you were on the first show cancelled, then, you know, you've got an option to fight on it. And the the thing is, with these fights, then they're going to have to be 50-50 fights. Um, so, that, um, said oh we're getting some names together um would you fight this guy and the first guy they said was reese blot i said yeah no problem so um these are the fights that you want these are the fights that if they see that as a 50 50 fight there's no way that my career can't progress from that fight so um i want to get to the top as quick as possible and i think this is a great first step on the ladder if you consider the last 12 months that i've had um you know this is i'm coming back with a real fight I don't want no gimmies. don't want no tick-over fights. I want to get back in, in in big fights as soon as possible. You know, it's a great first step on the ladder. And uh, it's going to be a good, entertaining fight.
0: Who do you think was more pressure on Jordan? Obviously, before Tanoko, there was a lot of excitement. So, there's a lot of excitement about you. But, but loss just kind of pushing... And- Kind of your plans back a little bit. Whereas Reese, he's also suffered a few losses in his career and he's admitted this may well be his last chance to kind of have a go at boxing and achieve what he wants to in the sport. But who do you think there's more pressure on yourself or on Reese?
1: I've not really thought too much about it, but I'd probably, looking at it, I'd probably say me. Uh, One, because um, people are expecting me to start boxing. Two, because, um, you know, I'm not in a position where. I've got. I think from what I've heard, Reese has got a great job. He he, he makes good money. He doesn't need boxing. I think he does it because he likes it. Um, and I'm not in that position. I haven't got a job to fall back on. Boxing is my. I have put all my eggs in one basket. And uh, you know, I think when push comes to shove, that's I've got to bite down. I'm a gumption. and I've got to tough it out because uh, you know th- this is my life, boxing. So I think there's a lot of pressure on me, and I like it that way because I put a lot of pressure on myself. I think. I don't feel the pressure from Sky Sports cameras, I don't feel the pressure from the crowd when there is one. I don't feel the pressure from, you know, who's watching or who's ringside and stuff like that. So I feel the pressure from the pressure that I put on myself. And I like to put a lot of pressure on myself because, you know, that's how I get the best out of myself. And that's where you see the best best of me. Um, and, and that's the way I like it.
0: How do you think the fight will play out between the pair of you when you are in the ring on Saturday night?
1: Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. I think um, half of me thinks he's gonna come and try and uh, apply a lot of pressure, but you know, half of me thinks that um, he might try and outbox me. I'm not sure. It depends what he does. It depends what I do. Um, and I've not really thought too much on tactics. We're not. I've not studied um, Reese fighting. I've not. Um, worked on certain things in the gym all I've done is is made sure that I'm the best possible version of myself um on fight night and I think the best me beats the best him and um you know I'm I'm good at adapting in front of somebody and uh, whatever he brings on Saturday I'll, I'll be adapting to
0: Jordan just to move away from yourself just get your thoughts on obviously the headline fight on on Saturday night a lot of excitement for it. Sam Egginton versus Ted Cheeseman a lot of people kind of seeing it as a, a and all that war, effectively, for as long as it lasts. Is that what you expect from a pair on Saturday? Um, I'm not sure.
1: I, do you know what? I'll be honest with you. And it's it's bad as a boxer, but I just don't care. I, I don't care because I'm fighting at 7pm and all I care about is my fight. So, once my fight's done, I'm going to be getting changed, have a nice little shower, I'm going straight home. I'll, I'll be I'll be home to watch the main event because um, you know as a boxer you've got to be selfish and and for me I look at these fights and and unless it's somebody that I'm really really interested in watching then I'll, I'll probably not watch them. But um, like I say, it's going to be a good fight because they they're both come forward fighters. I've seen them both box before and and they're both nice lads. Um, so I wish them both the best of luck. But I just don't care about anyone about apart from myself. <laughs>
0: Jordan, couple more quick ones then. Um, a victory for you on Saturday, what does it do for your career? How do you see the rest of this year playing out?
1: Yeah, I think uh beat Belotti and I'm in big, big fights now. Um, it depends in the way that I beat him as well. I think, you know, if I look good um, and do a good job, then I think we can push on for some big titles. Um, you know, I'm looking at fighting big names. I don't want to be at domestic level. I want to be above that. So, um these are the fights I'll be chasing. Um, you know, I've got a big block first and, and I'm I'm not looking past him, but you know, after this fight I, I see myself in big fights and, and you know, ultimately if the goal for me is to get back to um Peterborough and um you know, I want to headline back at Peterborough. That was a great night for me last year and um I wanna get back and do the same, hopefully for some big titles.
0: And finally, Jordan, what would you like to say to everyone who will tune in on Saturday night? And a final message to Reese ahead of Saturday night.
1: Um, Reese, pass your COVID test um, Stay safe Hope you and your family are well Let's put on a good show for the fans Much respect, thanks for taking a fight um, And I'm looking forward to it I hope you are too And the fans, thanks for tuning in I know you're going to enjoy it There's no way that this fight is not going to be entertaining So enjoy it And uh, maybe sing a few pints as well Why not, it's Saturday
0: Jordan, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you. Best of luck with kind of the rest of this week and of course on Fight Night. Thank you for your time and thanks for speaking to Boxing Social. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. 2019
2: was a great life experience for me. Great experience in boxing. Learned a lot. As much as I never got the decisions I felt I should have, and I took a big defeat. Um, I learned a lot in that year. I was saying to Tony a couple of weeks back, when you turn pro, you start off, you ain't got loads of money, and then all of a sudden you start getting quite a bit of money, like to what you're used to having, and then um, you go from wanting to be world champion, wanting to win titles, to everything changes to just the goal of getting rich as quick as possible, and then. You'll do whatever and what, like whatever you can to make that possible happen the quickest it can happen. And that's how your foot, um, your foot comes off the pedal. You know He's gained a wealth
3: of experience from last year. Things never went his way, inside or outside the ring. But this year, he's got himself together. I think it's going to be a great fight. Terrific fight. It's a blend of styles as well, isn't it? Because they both like a little war, don't they? <laughs>
2: If this lockdown won't happen, I don't think this fight would happen, but now the time's right, so the fight's happening. And we're both in the, in the same sort of direction, and whoever wins pushes on into a good direction. And I just feel I'm the younger, fresher and more talented fighter. And I just feel I'll be hungrier and more determined than Sam. And I just think I'm all around better, so that's why I think I'll win. As much as... Um, I've been gutted from my losses. I've just learned and pushed on, and it ain't dented my confidence. It ain't um, sort of made me give up. Like, a lot of fighters who've come through what I've come through would have probably give up, but everyone should surely see now I'm very mentally strong and very determined. And I'm fresh, fresh and there's nothing, I don't feel like there's a lot been taken out of me. I, I'm feeling the best I'm phys- in the best physical shape I've felt in. My time's on the run and are the best. Um, I've been running a lot better on the long runs, like Tony's had me on the app, tracking me on the app, so I've been doing everything Tony wanted me to do. He does everything
3: you tell him to do. He, he, he actually enjoys training. You can see today on the steps, like you know, he pushes himself to the limit every every time. So you have got no worries about him training. This fight for Ted is a big fight, because he needs to win this fight. You know, And if he don't win this fight, all of a sudden he's going on the back of three losses and a draw. And that, that ain't good enough now, do you know what I mean? Even though you're looking at the draw, even though I thought he won, he won the draw, he's still fine margins and you're looking at his record saying, where are you going to really go after this fight? So for him, it's a, it's a fight that he has to win, do you know what
2: I mean? But it's a fight I believe he can win. Sam's had a lot of good fights and um, I, do, I do like Sam as a fighter. Um, but it's weird when you're fighting someone, you gotta to wanna to beat them and thingy. But I've always thought I've got the right style to beat Sam. You know what I mean? Uh, and the thing is, I can box, I can fight. And, and when you fight like Sam, and I, I have got that similar style to Sam, but I feel I've got a, quite a few more bits extra. You always know how to sort of beat yourself. And to beat Sam, it's sort of like, beating my fighting side of boxing. And I know I can do that. You've
3: got to know when to sit in the pocket and fight. And you've got to know when to box, you know what I mean? With Egerton, Ted feels that he's a big light middleweight, which he is, you see the size of him. He'll feel that he can do what Smith done to Egerton. He'll feel that he can do that. He'll be able like to push him back and punch off him, and Egerton will feel like he can stand in the pocket with him. So that's why it's going to be an entertaining fight.
2: He could put his chin out at middleweight and let people hit him, and he was massive and dominant. When he put his chin out against McQuaino, it was his game over. Like the fight was over. And I don't think I think he knows he can't do that at light middleweight. I think once he starts getting bullied, he's sort of lost. Do you know what I mean? When if you watch him against Liam Smith, he's lost. You watch him against McQuaino, he's sort of just he's lost again. Do you know what I mean? There is no plan B at all. This year will be a massive year for me to push on my career and I've got a lot of it back and like I said I was fighting through niggles, fighting through um, stresses and the thing was I didn't want to deal with none of that because all I was doing was focus on was getting more money, getting, more, getting further on. But instead, like you said I'm 24, I should have been taking a step back, relaxing and recovering my body and making my body right before I put my body through the strain and the pressure I was putting it through. But because I was so desperate and hungry as, an, as a gambling addict, to push on and be able to have the stake to gamble, I was just putting my body through strain and not letting myself get to how it should have been.
4: And there, with less than a month to go until live boxing returns to Sky Sports, Johnny Nelson, and Matt Macklin, and we'll be on hand to discuss the upcoming Fight Camp series, which gets underway on August the 1st. Headlining Matram's first show back is a great domestic dust up between former European champion Sam Eggington and former British champion Ted Cheeseman. I'm fascinated to hear your, your view on who you're going for because I know. Both of you have changed your mind today. Matt, who wins the fight in your mind and why?
5: You're right, Anna, I did change my mind. Initially, I just went with Cheeseman because I thought the bigger guy, the natural super welterweight, his campaign there. And he looked, you know, even though he, didn't, he lost the fight against Fitzgerald, he boxed really well. Um, but I looked a little closer and I kind of thought a bit more deeper into it. And I thought, you know what, Sam Eggington, I'm writing him up a little bit here. He has been stopped twice up at super welterweight, but the first one I remember, he was looking past the opponent. He was meant to box on the AJ Povetkin card against Brandon Rios for a lot of money, and he, you know, he looked past his opponent and he paid the price. I think also with Liam Smith, it's it's not fair to compare Liam Smith. Liam Smith's you know, a world class and a huge super welterweight. He's got two, you know, really good wins over Liam Williams, who who right now is probably knocking on the door for a shot at the middleweight world title. So bringing it back to the Cheeseman fight, I thought, you know, Eginson's the proven and tested guy here. Yeah, he's lost a few fights, but, you know, he's, he's actually on a bit of a roll at the minute. He's got a four-fight winning streak coming into this. His confidence is sky high because he had a good win out in Italy. Uh, Cheeseman, I don't know where his head's at. You know, he's lost. he hasn't won in, in three fights. He, you know, he's got two losses in the draw. A little bit unlucky, I thought, to get the draw against Conway. And I know he felt last time that he deserved the win against Fitzgerald. And he showed a lot of, um, you know, he showed good boxing ability against Fitzgerald. He showed he wasn't a one-dimensional fighter. He could get up on his toes and box off the back foot if need be. But, yeah, just changed my mind a little bit. I just think Egginson <laughs> I just think he's a bit more proven and tested.
6: I know why you're laughing, you Johnny, changed- <laughs> because you, you changed your mind as well. Who are you going for? I uh, know. Well, you talk about gutter, He's like, I might as well just shut up. Um, I think I did the same thing uh, last night. I was uh, uh, looking at it am thinking, so I think Matt's just given a, a, a brilliant analogy of why Eggington should pull it off. I just wonder what they said, because remember, he's just changed his mind from Cheeseman to Eggington, So he's just sold Eggington well. I, and mine's the same. <laughs> I think Eggington is tough. He's durable. It's about levels. It's about experience, what he's got. And yes, we'll look past... Uh, uh, Eginton because Cheesman's all fresh in our mind we, look at, we saw how he changed his style from being a, an astute fighter at his level to a decent boxer at his level but I'm going for Egerton because Eginton time and time again has shown uh, determination strength and proper true grit where people look at him and think he, he hasn't got that within him uh, and I think Egginton's a, a just a completely different level, uh, it's just about timing, if timing's right uh, if they've judged this right and, and Eggington's just passed it, then Cheeseman will pull it off. But I'm going for Eggington because I think Egginton's got a lot more left in the tank than what we give him credit for. I think levels of opponents he's, uh, he's up there and and, and uh, success as a professional uh, thus far, he's done that. I just think he's got a little bit more left in the tank uh, and, and almost twice as many fights. Uh, and so I, I, I uh, I'm going with Eginton. I, I changed my mind from Cheeseman. I'm sorry, I've just written him off, but um, I, I'm going to, I'm going Eginton.
4: Well, granted, Eginton, he, he goes into the fight with momentum. He goes into the off the back of four wins. Ted Cheeseman, as you said, Matt, he goes into this at the back of a loss to Scott Fitzgerald. But could that not give him even more hunger, even more motivation? Do you think?
5: Yeah, oh, that it, it will definitely do that. I mean, it, there'll be two things there'll be pressure on him because it's must win. I think he will feel that his career is on the line. If he was to lose again, you know, it'd be three losses in four fights and the other one being a draw at at sort of domestic level. So I think he'd be sort of questioning his future in the sport. So that will bring a lot of pressure with him. But, you know, he's... um, Sometimes when your back's to the wall, that's when you produce the best. And I think it's... um, You know, also, I think outside of the ring, he's probably in a better place now. We know he had issues, addiction issues with gambling and different things. So I hope he's, he's sorted all that out. And if he has, he'll, he'll feel a big weight off his shoulders. And maybe that'll help him prepare better and perform better. But it's uh, what, what, one thing's for sure. And the fact that me and Johnny have both changed our minds overnight shows you what a really good matchup this is. And actually, mm-hmm. the super welterweight division domestically, like I say, it's Ro'Kira Conway, Anthony Fowler, Scott Fitzgerald into it, Eginson, Cheeseman. I mean, you know, it really is strength in depth, domestic level.
4: Johnny, what are you expecting? Are you expecting it to be an explosive start, to be sort of an all-out war from the start?
6: I think it's going to be a slow burn. Uh, I think, again, we saw how Cheeseman changed his style uh, from being a fighter Mm. to a boxer, and he actually boxed pretty well. And so what tactics is he going to go for? Has he got respect for Eggington to think, I've got to be sharp and on the ball? I think he would be. I think it'll be a close, nip-and-tuck fight. Uh, but I think as the fight rolls in and these guys get a little more tired, a little more flat-footed, then they're going to try and walk through each other. Initially, I can imagine T- uh, Cheeseman showing us, shocking us, with that boxing ability he's got that nobody expected him to have. But I think Eginton is probably a little bit too experienced and uh, and he's, he's, he's been to that well a few more times, so he understands what the feeling's like, like what's expected uh, in this fight. But yes, it's to me, it's a... You know, this, isn't even, this is this is this a good crack. This is a good fight. This is a fight where you you you, you it's going to create argument and confusion and people changing their minds at the last minute,
4: <laughs> which is what we like. Uh, Matt Eginton has said he believes he can stop Cheeseman. How does he break him down? Do you think?
6: Um, I,
5: can he stop him? Yeah, I think he could. He, he hits pretty hard. It, certainly at Walsway, he hit very hard. Will he Will he carry the same power up? We'll see. Um, Cheeseman's certainly there to be hit, although he did show against Fitzgerald that he can box, and I expect him to come out and box early. You know, initially, when he was breaking this up, I think this fight's got war written all over it because styles are going to come together. But I think because of what's on the line here, both, neither guy can really afford to lose. I think that they'll both be cagey early on. I do think it will catch fire, and I think it'll be an action-packed fight, certainly second half. But I think early doors, they'll both have respect for each other. They'll both... No, neither will want to make too many mistakes. So I think
6: they'll be quite
5: cagey early on.
4: Johnny, Egginton said, as I said, he, he believes he can stop him. Do you think he has the power to do so?
6: I think he has the, the, uh, uh, the stubbornness to do so. Uh, to break Cheeseman's heart. And Cheeseman is not a guy that's going to... He'll go out on the shield. The referee will have to come in and stop this if that is the case. Because Cheeseman, he gets... They, listen, they both get hit too often, too too much. It's a case of uh, who's going to be the smartest, the sharpest, the slickest. I think if Cheeseman lets Ego get involved in this, because as far as he's concerned, you know, he may be down as a bookie's favourite. But is he? Eggington will be thinking, oh, Lord, I mean, I've had a, twice as many fights as you. I've been there, done that. I've been in, in, in with, with deeper opponents. I expect to pull this off. So it might be a clash of egos. It might be a clash of a stubborn, two stubborn fighters. But I can't see anybody give, giving up, taking the knee or dropping down. I can see the referee has to jump in. So if anything's talking about stopping him, the referee will be the one that has to do the stopping. It won't be by a, a one-shot knockout.
4: Johnny, where, do you, think, where <laughs> do you think the winner does fit in with the likes of the Fowlers, the Fitzgeralds?
6: It puts them back in the picture. Both these fighters need this win. I think, as Matt said earlier, where does the loser go? Uh, because confidence-wise, I'm not their confident. Massively. So, so this puts them back in the picture. And, and like it or not, Eggington's a good scalp uh, to have on your record. And so, so again, to put, in, put him in that mix, to put him in there, he'll be the biggest sell. He'll be the one that, as a fighter, you'd prefer to have on your record as a, as a win. Uh, over Cheeseman because he's, he's he's like it or not, the Statesman with all these, like he's the one that's been out there longer.
4: Of course, you say, where, where does the loser go? And in terms of, if we're talking about people like Ted Cheeseman, how devastating would that be to, to get his second loss on the bounce?
5: No, I think it would be a devastating loss for Cheeseman. The fact that he hasn't won in three fights. He, look, he's probably due a bit of luck. You know, I, th- I, I think he was hard done by not to get something out of Fitzgerald and the Conway fights. They were both really close. Um, I thought he, I thought he did enough to win against Conway Fitzgerald. I had it a draw. So from to get nothing out of those two fights, you know, he, he's, he's, he he needs a bit of luck. Um This is a tough fight, but I think if he was to lose, you know, where does he go really to lose again at domestic level? I think he would certainly be looking at his future within boxing. So. Definitely his backs to the wall. I think that'll make him perform well. But it's, um, it, it absolutely is a must-win fight for Cheeseman.
4: It is a it must-win fight, as you say. But it is another real cracker. It's a real 50-50. Another great one we have on hand. Before we go, you both still sticking with Eginton? Change haven't changed your mind again?
6: I'm sticking Eginton. No. I think Eggington wins, wins <laughs> on points. Uh, uh, I don't think he gets a stoppage, but I do think he wins on points. And uh, it'll be an entertaining fight for everybody involved. Of fighters, of course.
4: Matt, sticking?
5: No, I agree. I'm I, I, I still edge to Eggington, but I think it'll be close. I think it'll be hard. And I think it's going to be a great fight.
4: Absolutely. Do you know what? You, you're both probably changing minds again between now and August the 1st, <laughs> won't you? <laughs> I mean, it is egg versus cheese. It has the, all the ingredients to be an absolute <laughs> cracker. You do not want to miss it. Do you like that? <laughs> egg versus <laughs> cheese. I like
6: that. I like
4: that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys.
7: So Danny Flexen for Seconds Out and the Joe Joyce YouTube channel. Uh, delighted to be joined by the man himself. Fresh off a victory on a Saturday night, BT Sport. I guess the first question is, you got rid of Michael Valish. Pretty much as expected, third round. How do you assess your performance?
8: I thought it was a, a good fight. I enjoyed the fight. It was good to get back in the ring. See, the first round where I'm trying to work him out, I... Took some unnecessary shots, where well, I could have like slipped and moved out of the way a bit more, a bit better. But I wasn't exactly worried about his power, so uh, I just didn't really feel them and just kept going in the fight. And then I kind of saw that he was hurt by some of my shots, and then stepped in and tried to finish him off by the uh, before the the round ended. I think this was round two, but. You know he, uh, you know he gave he gave his his best, and um, you know there's a lot of thanks going out to him to to come down from Germany and uh, get on. So it's uh, it was good to to fight in the in the BT studio. It wasn't it wasn't too bad. I mean, and it was good that uh, people got a chance to see boxing again. And I'm I'm on the second show to be back, so that's that's good.
7: I'm glad you brought up the um, unnecessary shots you took because I'm sure you're aware it was talked about quite a lot on social media after the fight. Is it a case of when you go in with someone whose power, like you feel their power early on and you don't particularly respect it, that you are a bit more um, lax defensively? Or, or is it more, you know, still early on in the fight, you were warming your way into it?
8: I think a bit of both. I I think that's where... Um... I'm susceptible to get hit is uh, in the first couple of rounds or well, the first round definitely. But um, so it's just uh, and when I'm not worried about the power <laughs> and I'm just I'll just it, it's just water for ducks back and I keep keep going forward. But uh, with the ball, I'll be more prepared and I won't be willing to take them kind of shots. So if I take one, then I'll have to like uh, I have to you know, get out of the way of it or I might get fired up and throw back (laughs) in with some shots.
7: How frustrating is it when you're like that against lesser opposition for your trainers? Obviously, this time you had Steve Broughton in the corner, but in the past when it's happened with Adam Bufish, Mel Salas, is that something they kind of keep going on to you about? I think it
8: just comes down to practice and it's, I mean, looking back, I think maybe I should have, you know, took him a few more rounds to get uh, – and work on a few more things. But it's something that, you know, in the gym that we practice this stuff and sparring, and because I haven't had a long camp, I haven't really, you know, had the, had the amount of time to to really um, – you know, we, we've been locked down for so long that it's just uh, – it's good to get back in the in the boxing gym and start doing boxing training. So, my level, I guess, my level's still there, but it you know needs fine tuning, and I've got plenty of time till the De Bois fight to do these corrections.
7: Is it fair to say you're very confident in your chin? I, I'm pretty confident,
8: but you know I, I've been put down a couple of times before, like in the amateurs, but which. Uh, you know, it's better to avoid. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So, um, it's just, yeah, it's just something I need to, to, to work on for, for this next one. Like, early on to be switched on and, because I know he, he'll be coming. Yeah. Two cannonballs in his, in his hands.
7: (laughs) Well, let's hope they check his wraps. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, what, what do you think his reaction would have been watching the fight? Do you think he'd have got carried away thinking, well, if he's open to the right hand, I have a great right hand? Or do you think he'd have been a bit more sensible and thought, this is just Joe Joyce taking on a lesser opponent at relatively short notice and without his trainer in his corner?
8: Yeah, that, that one, what you just said.
7: <laughs> <The> <laughs> <lad>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think he's been around the sport a long time. I don't think his opinion of you or the fight will have changed just based on that one performance.
8: Hmm. I mean, I, I thought I, I performed. I thought I thought I performed well. I thought there was moments there where I was, you know, able to, you know, move out the way of the punches or or like not take them full force and uh, come back with counter counter attacks and put my shots together. You know, head to body. And I thought, um, yeah, I thought it was. Like what I worked on with Steve and uh, you know cam and uh, obviously being in, in Greg's gym is uh, you know it's been it's been it, it, they've done good work and I, I was quite impressed with you know with that short time to be able to perform like that.
7: yeah no I don't mean to kind of dwell on the negative it's just obviously it's come up a lot on social media and I think other people are yeah. dwelling on negative to an extent.
8: Yeah, because I've seen some things like, oh, so it, uh, do you think this Joe, Joe Joyce would be able to beat DeVar, you know, based on my performance, uh,
7: when was it, Saturday, it was Saturday <laughs> two, yeah. days, two days ago, two days ago, yeah. three,
8: three, three days ago,
7: time flies, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so people have been saying that and I think they're, they're kind of not looking into a fighter's mentality and at how more switched on you'll be for a threat like Dubois. I think that's the main thing, isn't it? That the is a threat and maybe Valish, all due respect to him, you maybe didn't see him as, as as much of a threat. Yeah. What was it like not having a normal head trainer in the corner? And that's no disrespect to Steve Brown, who's a great guy, but normally you'd be used to having Adam Booth recently or Ishmael Salas previous to that, who you are hopefully going to be working with for the Dubois fight.
8: Yeah. Um, I had, you know, I, I was able to talk to Salas and, and kind of get the um, get what he want, uh, what uh, get what he wanted me to do in this fight, and also work you know working alongside Steve. Steve was involved with uh, you know spoke speak to speaking to Salas and um, actually know what he what he wants to get out, and and also the combinations that I need to work on for this for um, for Wallish. So, but it is, um, you know, it's 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 better when uh, there's more. But, but I think I think Steve did well. I think he's got good, you know, in the in the corner and stuff. He, he comes up with some good uh, some good advice to go to go out there and um, and his pads and and everything is really good. I think um, you know I think he's a good trainer and uh, you know he's just. It's not just he hasn't got the experience yet.
7: Yeah, I mean, I guess in an ideal world, you'd rather have them both <laughs> than just yeah, one. yeah, yeah. for sure, is there any um, progress on that in terms of what's going to happen in the build-up to Dubois with Salas if, if he's going to come over or you're going to be able to go over there?
8: Well, that's what uh, that's what's being worked out now as we speak. <clears throat> so. You know it's about getting like a, a visa and um and you know the ability to, to to travel to America because it's you know it's quite hard at the moment and then also you've got to take into consideration like the quarantine when I get there or obviously when I get back as well if if that's going to be an issue then I might just have to see if Salah start my camp here with Steve and Cam and you know, and Stallards and then, um, and then bring Salas over here when he's um, finished with. I think um, he's got Ugas in September, so as soon as soon as he finishes that fight, then if he flies over here and then trains me here for Dubois, then that's an option. Okay. If I can't get, if I can't, if it's not going to make uh, sense logistically to go to America, but. This is what we're trying to, this is the problem we're trying to solve now.
9: Kugan Cassius, IFL TV, MTK Global joined by Mr Tony Berry here We can see Fight Camp in the background
10: It is kicking off mate, it looks absolutely amazing Eddie has put in a lot of hard work and probably a lot of sleepless nights over this crazy fucking thing but I'm sure, I'll just stand out the window I'm sure it'll be worth it mate
9: Absolutely What fights are you looking forward to most on the first week of Fight Camp?
10: There's a number of fights sir you know, there's so many evenly matched fights. Uh, Bennett and Tennyson is a great fight. Bennett, Bennett, whatever the fuck want to say. Uh, people are writing Valily off. I, I don't like to write Valily off because I know he has got the ability in there. I'm just hoping it sinks in up here with him and, and this is right and then I think he's got a chance. Uh, and, you know, the fight of the night and it can't help but disappoint. And I'll guarantee absolute blood, thunder, sweat and tears. Everything will be in this fight. Sam Eggington against Cheeseman. I'm telling you now, it's going to be a thriller. It can't... I'm, I'm just... I guarantee, you just watch... These guys' strengths... And the only way these guys are going to win the fight... To to win the fight for Eggington, he has to go forward. So that means he just gets hit for fucking fun. And for, for Cheeseman to win this fight, he has to box and he has to... Get Eggington respect early doors. That means that he's going to have to stand and nail him... In the early part of the fight, so... It I just there's no way, shape or form I can see how it's not going to be a great fight.
9: If you were in your fighting days,
10: yeah, which are long gone, long, 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 long. Gone. Obviously, yeah.
9: If you were offered to fight, would you have fought?
10: Yeah. Without a shadow of doubt, especially when you're skinned uh, and you need to fight me, and, and you know, like I said earlier, is going out there, shows on every week for the next month, and he's given fighters a lifeline because. You've got to remember boxing isn't a sport, Coogan, where you know, you're know you getting paid to stay fit. You know Monday to Friday, uh, no game, no fight, you're getting paid. That doesn't happen in the boxing world. Very, very few boxers have got some sponsors that will tie them over in this pandemic. Uh, and that's even dropped to even less now, even few have got the sponsors. The sponsors just can't do it because the pandemic's hit their companies so bad. So it's just, it's few and far between. So it's brilliant what Eddie's doing. Uh, and it's it it deserves huge applause for the caliber of fight he's going to put on the 50 50 fights made so many of them mm. uh, we're not going to tune in and watch a heavyweight going to be exhausted after 60 seconds we're not going to tune in and watch a fella basically quit because it gets hard you're going to see the best of the best some of the best british fighters with blood, sweat, and tears sam edmonton is now a <clears throat> ...is now a quite popular name among Sky Sports... ...because he's in such thrilling fights. And it's it's just... You know, Cheeseman... Yes, they've had the, the defeats to both of them. Uh, maybe you've shown the limitations in, in certain times in the career... ...but, you know, against each other... ...it just can't not be a great fight. Mm. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, mate, as I say, saying. There's other fights further on through the weeks. Fight week two, three and four. And then it all comes to a halt in uh, Pavekin and White. or well, White Pavekin. So it's just it's going to be unbelievable mate as i say quality week after week credit to the people who have done well credit to Ed who's done all this but he's got an amazing team of people around him match room is, is a is a big big team uh, and everybody has pulled together and done what they can for these great shows
9: what did you think of the the picture that was posted by anthony joshua recently of him and Tyson fury in Marbella
10: i'm not as you know i'm not the biggest advocate of social media these days but i'm not gonna lie i did see and uh, his fucking arms look massive that was the first thing to seen. AJ looked huge uh, and Tyson's Tyson he just chilled calm cool and relaxed and he's just you just see the smile on his face in the car so I, I haven't got a clue what got said I don't know what was what's going on I've just seen the picture and I was like fucking hell, how mad's that you know it's a small world isn't it but as I've said before two Two great fellas who sound it
9: left everyone guessing the conversation. Eddie's kind of given Joshua's side, he just by the sounds of it just said, You're right, it was one of them awkward meetings. You're right, you're right, nah, uh, make sure you beat well. Uh, make sure you beat Wilder All right, yep, see you next year. That was oh, kind was of the context, that, eh? that's what Eddie said. Yeah,
10: <laughs> okay, well, that's the first I've heard. So, uh, yeah, play. I say that both gentlemen that they're both portrayed in different ways. I see so much stuff the way AJ's portrayed these days and everyone always asks me what do you like and i just say exactly what you see is what you get and people say what do you know fiori what's that that's known tyson for many many years been in this company a long time uh a diamond of a fella don't don't believe what the tv shows you because you're only seeing small snippets of someone's life um you know i've been portrayed basically my old career as a fucking lunatic i'm just a normal person just a normal person the exact same as anyone else what makes you tick makes me tick uh, and them two lads are the exact same they've got ambitions they're both gentlemen they want to find out who's the very best and believe you me that's all it's about wanting to wanting to find out who's the best are you better than me can you better me and it's all well and good the same well Tyson Fury's done this and IJ's done that no one 100% guaranteed nailed on knows what's going to happen when them two go at it I've got an opinion and i've got a theory on what i think will happen but would i bet my life savings on it fucking no i wouldn't would i put everything i had nailed on no i would i'd be willing to probably break it down two halves of what i think will happen but then i've done that in the past and even that that's still gone wrong (laughs) so it's just do you know what's going to happen as i say i'll stand by my original statements i do think aj gets to him but in 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 hindsight, I just haven't got a fucking clue. Mate, I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna. Who's gonna be affected by what? What's gonna happen the first time AJ touches him and catches him? Uh, if he does go down, which I'm, I'm very sure at some point in the fight you, he does go down, what's gonna happen when he gets up? Will he cop AJ coming in? Very similar to the Ruiz fight. Just there's so many analogies and and things that I, that I can put out there that might happen. But the fact of the matter is, Coops, I don't fucking really know. And that's the best thing about boxing. That's why I love boxing. No one really knows
9: just finally because I know you're about to film some more Hernan Bellew you yeah, which, which is an absolute
10: joke because I've been here since what time when he starts. you've been here a while time. yes
9: um, Billy Joe Saunders kind of taking himself out of the equation for the running for the has Canelo he, fight
10: why yeah, has he just come out and said no I, I haven't been no I case
9: just case. I mean Eddie knows more about it but I think the case of the date, particular date, was meant to be the 12th of September as the weeks were ticking being, on. I think Billy realised he wasn't going to be ready been, in he's time. He's
10: being fucked over. I love Billy Joe Saunders, so mate. He's straight up honest. I'll, I've got a lot of time for him. I really do think a world of well The Billy Joe, uh, someone else I've known a long time, and he's being fucked over. They agreed the price, they agreed everything. I even think it was signed. This pandemic's happened. It doesn't change anything, in my opinion. Doesn't it no why because there's not a crowd there canal still generates enough money for everything to go ahead there's no two ways about that possibly he would generate more on the media on the on the pay-per-view market than he would if it was open to a gate because i just genuinely think that okay he's down what a couple of million with the gate but throw that aside you can't all of a sudden make billy joe an offer and then and then go right as a quarter of that. But it's no, it's wrong, or whatever the, the fractions of the money is. I don't know, but I would assume it's somewhere there thereabouts. Billy Joe's been fucked over. That's the top and bottom of it. Uh, and he, he deserves a shot. Canelo has been cherry picking fighters for a long time. And people will have a pop at me at this because they know well he fought, you know Sergey Kovalev. Yeah, he did me, but he cherry picked Kovalev at the right time. He, he does it. It 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 all stems back from Floyd Mayweather. If I'm honest you know these are the kind of fights you'd have to blame for what's going on these fighters g- gain such power that the are just cherry pick now if you want to go through people like look at anthony joshua anthony joshua's in the same level of power as someone like canelo is he's he's possibly a bigger draw than canelo in some parts of the world but definitely in europe he is so yeah. anthony joshua fights the best opponents anthony joshua goes for unification anthony joshua attacks the best opponents possible and the only reason that's stopping him and Tyson Fury right now is the politics away from it. The people who are in control of the careers, that's the only thing that's stopping it. And, and even them people now that we're in control of, them guys are coming together and making it happen. Canelo has been able to pick and choose when and where. Don't get me wrong, it is his management team as well. I'm sure Canelo has no fear of no one. on Canelo, Canelo would probably come here and fight me, no problem at all, he'd have no problem. And he'd probably beat me up as well. Uh, I'll say no, I'm not sure I'm not a people bigger than him, but he, you know, he's, he, I, I don't discredit it. I think he's an amazing fighter. I think he's right up there in the pound for pound boys. I actually probably think he's only behind Lomachenko pound for pound. I do think he's that good. People say, Oh he's a, you can't say that, you say he's a drug cheat and stuff like that. Yeah, I do think he's a, he, he's been a drug cheat, but as long as he's passing and he's clean, now what do you want me to do? I've got to rank him because he's an active fighter. So that's what people say to yourself why are you commentating on the drug cheese what do you want me to say Fucking no you daft bastards Fucking get a grip of yourselves the lad has failed the drug test and he's allowed if he's allowed to box by the commission i'm not saying he should be because i think once you fail the drug test for performance enhancing steroids that you've been injecting you should be banned for life i'll stick by that till they're there and die your corp taking performance enhancing drugs steroids injecting steroids in yourself you should be banned for life, I don't give a shit. Who you are, whether you're me mate, whatever have you. If you've sniffed a Vicks nasal spray, you've got it wrong, you need a slap on the wrist, you've done something stupid. But have you gained an advantage from sniffing a Vicks nasal spray? Come on, let's be fucking straight up. Have you gained an advantage from smoking a bit of weed? I'm not saying it's right, I'm just saying have you gained an advantage from it? If you've injected a load of clenbutinol into your system, then you are fucking rife to go and give someone a good iron, and your tank is not going to fucking drop to anywhere near the level of the guy who's not taking it. So, these are the little things I get. But, going back to the original point, I have to commentate on him. I still admire his boxing ability. I think he's amazing. But, then there's a, there's a flip side of the coin. It's like, well, everyone's on it. That's what that's what they will say. That's what these people who take it will say. Well, I have to get on it because... You know, if you're not, if you can't beat them, join them. But so it's a crazy world that we're living in when it comes to that kind of the front coach, But I, I think he's a brilliant fighter. I think his boxing style is second to none. He's the best counterpuncher in boxing today. Uh, but he's cherry picking his opponents, and and you're going to use lockdowns as an, as an excuse, in my opinion, not to fight Billy Joe Saunders. Billy Joe Saunders would be probably, in my opinion, the third biggest test of Cano Alvarez's career after Floyd Mayweather. And I don't know, I'm not sure what Kovalev's got left when, he took, when he's when he gone into that fight, and I think he's known that as well, to be honest. Also, they had a rehydration clause on that fight on him as well, so he couldn't balloon after the weigh-in, I believe. I'm not sure of him 100% on that, but I think they did. Uh, and he's done that to a few fighters over the years, to be honest. He's done that to Daniel Jacobs, but he just laughed in his face and took the piss and came in at what he wanted, which is brilliant. Uh, but... I don't know, mate.
9: I suppose you'd, you'd like to probably see Callum Smith after that, get it. Of course, but Callum
10: yeah. Smith is way, way, way too risky for him. Too big and strong. It's just a bigger risk. Billy John ticks all the boxes for the Canal this fight, because they will look at Billy John and think, not a big puncher, uh, has vulnerabilities, can be hit, and and that, that, that the box is ticked. Uh, or they will they probably then look at someone like so how they match the man is they go well Sergei kovalev is a puncher but he's on his last legs as shown vulnerabilities in fact has been down maybe they quit against andre ward uh, don't get me wrong had a fight beat out of him but that's how they look at it. so when you're matching someone up of that kind of magnitude and that that big fighter it's like when you get to someone is level you're in control it's like the people i said with aj AJ's in control aj doesn't answer to no one canelo alvarez doesn't answer to no one so there's it's no one's fault when it goes wrong but there's do you understand what i'm saying other fighters don't have that don't have that luxury of being able to be the boss so you know when you look at look at perfect example sam Edmonton and achievement Them guys aren't the bosses of their career, they're they're, they're given an opportunity, do you want to take it or do you not? If you don't want it, Sam no problem. see it after, but there's your opportunity, it's a good 50-50 fight for you. AJ and the likes of them is, Canelo it's, right there's your date, pick your opponent, get it sorted. It's only credit to AJ the fact that he just keeps fighting name after name, so it goes like, goes into a personal grudge battle and a big massive domestic clash with Billy and White. After that, he goes, he gets it, he gets it, you know, a world title shot pops up and he gets Charles Parker, whatever it is. But then after that, he makes a quick fire defense. Was it Brazil you know, I can't remember. Melina, I think it was.
9: Melina was...
10: Was Melina the second defense?
9: That was on the December 2016, I think. But just no, no.
10: Was that his first defense? I think it was, wasn't it? Melina was his first defense at the O2. Well, anyway, anyway. No, because Melina
9: was at the, on the Chisora White card. In he, Manchester. he has a couple of defences yeah. and
10: then he throws himself in against the former undisputed heavyweight champion world in Vladimir Klitschko proper genuine I think Klitschko might be main favourite going into the fight but he throws himself in the fight and it's everything's the game so straight away as you can see this and he was in control of his career before the wife fight AJ AJ was now at the point where he's box office he's the star but he's still pitting himself into 50-50s after he beats uh, Klitschko he then straight away looks to start making Unification fights, he goes in against the former you know an undefeated champion at the time belt holder, WO champion Joseph Parker, This is what I'm saying about wanting to strive and face more champions. Canal Alvarez has gone through the division just yes, and he's cherry-picking the guys at the right time, but you know, we're yet to see him continuously stick to it. I mean, Billy Joe, in my opinion, is a harder fight than where Canelo Alvarez was than where Kovalev was at that time in his career. If he fights Kovalev before Andre Wall gets to him, I'd say Kovalev's a much harder fight than Billy Joe Saunders, but Billy Joe Saunders doesn't know defeat. Billy Joe Saunders is undefeated. I mean, I don't even think I've I've seen Billy Joe really, really pushed yet. No one knows how good Billy Joe can be. It's the exact same as Calum Smith. No one knows how good these can be. So he's he's approaching these guys weirdly. There's no way he'll go near Calum Smith. I'm telling you now, he won't go near Calum Smith absolute politics. If he goes near Calm Smith, I'll be, I'll be, I'll take the fucking hat off. I'll just say, well, fair play, lad. You know, you are on it. You are on it, but he's not. And, and I just don't think he's got any intention of going near Calum Smith. Calum Smith, the most dangerous middleweight in the world. The guy's massive. He fights great on the inside. He's strong. He's young. He's fit. He's, he, has, he ticks all the boxes, coming he really really does as i said i can see why they're looking at billy joe they look at the fact that he's not he's a non-puncher he's been in and out of the ring he's been very inactive he likes to get out of shape all, they, they, all these factors are added in coogan when you make your decision the reason why they're not even entertaining Smith because they know this kid's in shape all year round this kid's been busy this kid's won the super six Tournaments. he's beat good fighters so i understand why they're doing it but i'm hoping they, they go back to billy joe make the fight and and billy joe gets it right so i know for a fact billy joe with a camp behind him with time to prepare is is a, is a hard test made for anybody and i mean anyone trust me he's just he's a quality operator his boxing brain is fantastic he really is mate. he's something else on his day
9: okay tony i appreciate your time as always um pleasure, mate. thank you and uh yeah we look forward to a great week here at fight camp and yeah. uh saturday night
10: yeah, yeah. It returns me to the strangest, again. strangest environment, but I think it's brilliant. As I say, massive kudos to match room. This isn't happening in a in a little warehouse somewhere, mate. This is happening outside in someone's garden. It's fucking crazy, but it, can it, say it gives massive credit to everyone involved because I can't put into words, mate, how expensive this shit is to do. I understand and know because I would don't go well, we don't go to some park. And being part of that with them and the stress levels it causes and the money it can lose is fucking frightening. Matchroom have come on for the fighters, they're doing it for them and and they're doing it to, to, to you know maintain a healthy living for the fight game. And, and that's what they're doing, just look at it outside. Just look at it outside and look at how great it looks. It's going to look even better when the lights, cameras and the action starts on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Fighters, be ready. Be ready, perform to the best of your ability. And hopefully some new young stars can come out of this pandemic.
9: So, i Thank you very much for talking to IFL TV again. And uh, we'll catch up with you again soon, mate.
10: Of course you
1: Joe, if you want to jump in, can you hear me? Yeah.
11: Okay. <laughs> Hi. How are you? How are you doing?
12: I'm okay. I'm okay. Thank you. You're all right. Yeah.
11: Yeah. Thanks. Um, I just really was curious. Like, in terms of preparation for this fight, like, what in what ways was it? I mean, obviously, it was very different um, with yeah. COVID and whatnot. But can you tell me a bit about maybe some of the challenges that you faced?
12: Um, like I say. In in quarantine, you know, I think every boxer's got the bag hanging up in the back garden. Um, every boxer can run. Um, so in quarantine, I've done the bag work, I've done the sprints, I've done the running. You know, my strength and conditioners sent me over, you know, um, small things to do, um, circuits to do and, and so on. Um, but as soon as, you know, quarantine was eased up a a bit and we, and we were allowed in the gym, I had a lot of things set up, really, um, ready to go. So. So, yeah, um, everything's gone well, if I'm honest.
11: You've mentioned that this is your last shot, but you're only 26 years old. Are you yeah. really considering retirement if you don't win?
12: I wouldn't say. I suppose it's hard to say. You know, I understand I'm 26, but that's, that's, I know two of the losses were prize for her. So, you know, it, it depends on how, how you want to score it, but um, there's six losses there it doesn't look great you know so you have to you have to wait and see how, how it works out but you know, I'm fully confident of getting a win the weekend so mm-hmm. it's not something that I'm debating at the moment
11: Um, Ted had said that if the lockdown didn't happen that he didn't think that the fight between the two of you would be happening do you also agree with that?
12: I agree with that I mean um, not being you know like I say I always say you know you know people like Ted Cheesman, Fowler, you know Conway, um, Fitzgerald. These these are but these are fighting out for the British title. You know, yes. I, I went over to Italy and I got a, I got a good ranking. So in September, so I'm thinking I, I think if if it weren't for lockdown and, and COVID, I'd be pushing the international route and, and trying to pick up, um, you know, make my way up the IBF rankings in, in mm-hmm. a sense. So. I don't think this fight would have happened, but you know, beggars can't be choosers. Colby's happened and you know, everyone needs to work.
11: Right. And lastly, I'm just curious to know what your thoughts are. It's a bit off topic, but uh, Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. What do you think of that exhibition fight?
12: Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard not to get excited. But, you know, you have to... I mean, I think Roy Jones Jr. is in a bit of a better place. I saw a few interviews on, on Tyson. And when he's talking about it, he's the old, his old self, you know, he's crying and he's shaking. And so I, I don't think it can be good for Tyson. I mean, if he turns back into the guy he was, then, you know, it's only going to go one way, and, that, and that's downhill. But you have to see how he, how he takes to it. Um, you, can, you can only be excited to watch Tyson fight against Forbes.
11: Who do you think wins that?
12: Um, it's hard to say after, you know, Tyson's been out for a while. I know he looks in great shape in the pads. But, you know, a lot of people look great on the pads. But, um, but Tyson's Tyson in it. So, um, I think Tyson wins. I think he puts him out. Um, especially after Roy Jones Jr.'s last fight, we saw Enzo McInerney put, out, um, put Roy Jones out. So,
11: mm-hmm. I think
12: Tyson catches him. You know, it's the last thing you lose is your power. So, so I think if you catch him, I think it's nice.
11: All right. Well, thank you for your time. I wish you all the best.
12: Appreciate it. Thanks a lot.
11: Hey, Fi fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you do so by clicking this icon right here, or else...